Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Keep breathing, take it in and let it out. Keep breathing, it's gonna be okay. That's right. When you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. From the City of Angels in Los Angeles and from the Big Apple in New York City on Fire Island, <laughs> welcome <laughs> to all my listeners out there in Radio Land. I'm Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver, coming to you live on caregiverdave.com, along with my lovely co-host, Adrian Guberg, at thecaregiverspace.org. And we're coming to you live and on demand on numerous syndicated radio and podcast networks, like iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, Player FM, Listen Notes, SoundCloud. Oh my gosh, the list goes on and on. In fact, we're proud to be voted number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM and number two podcast on Feedspot out of the top 60 and even number two caregiver podcast on CaringVillage.com. And we have an especially exciting show planned for you today, don't we, Adrian? Yes, we do. <laughs> With... People beginning to ponder what, what they want life to look like as we emerge from the pandemic. Erin Snyder gives us some tips on how anyone can live a life that they truly love. But before we get started, I want to take this moment to thank my last week's guest, Christine McKay. She's a Harvard-trained veteran negotiator, relish speaker on negotiation, and just an all-time expert on the subject. And just a reminder, you can watch or listen to that interview and all our interviews, including this one, on our membership website, caregiverdave.com, or any of the other 26 global networks that I mentioned earlier. All right, enough of that. Aaron Snyder is a seminar leader for Landmark, a personal and professional growth training and development company that's had more than 3 million people use its programs to cause breakthroughs in their personal lives and their communities. Aaron, welcome to the Caregiver Dave Show. We're so excited to have you on. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be with both of you. The pleasure is ours. And I always like to ask my guests, just who is Erin Snyder and why was she placed on this earth? <laughs> why was I placed on this earth? <laughs> God, that's a big question. Um, you start out yeah. big here. Yeah, I love it. You start out big. So, <laughs> you know, I would say who I am is... Somebody, you know, I'm, I'm from Florida originally. Oh, yeah. My last guest was from Florida, too. Yeah. And um, youngest of five kids. And my parents and still live. Do. Yeah, they live over in Venice, Florida. Mm. And I, through my whole life, I think the, the biggest thing that's defined me is being somebody who goes a little bit against the grain 
of um, the conventional norms. Uh-huh. And now, you know, I, I think I've been leading programs now for Landmark for 15 years. And um, at a very early age, after I got out of the Air Force, um, oh, I really man. determined what my life was going to be about. Actually, once I had done the flagship course, the forum, my life became about making a difference with people. Wow. Thank you for your service in the Air Force. What did you do there? Uh, I had an interesting ride in the Air Force. Um, I went in right after Afghanistan and right after 9-11 and um, was there during that time. And my career field slotted was as an air battle manager. And that's the people that give the coordinates of where to drop the bombs. Are you old enough to go in right after (laughs) 9-11? I was in college. (laughs) That's right. That's a good question. (laughs) Good genes. What were you going to say? (laughs) Yes. And, um, you know, when I, during my time in the Air Force, it was, you know, I think for a lot of veterans, it's a very stressful, anxiety producing, uh, honorable career path. And, um, you know, I, I was a little bit after the Air Force, you know, the residue of life, mm-hmm. when kind of like life happens to you, that was definitely there for me. And, um, you know, I, I, I did the forum, which is our flagship course. And since then, I've just been it, for myself, just all of the residue just got taken away. And it's like, all I wanted was for people to have what I got. Wow. Um, I have a pretty interesting journey, but you know, that's been pretty much what my life's been about since then. And that was 16 years ago. Would you say, I mean, was, would you say it was PTSD or wasn't quite that? Um, you know, I, I never, I wouldn't say that Adrian only because I'd never been to a therapist to get that diagnosed, but in the world of what we know PTSD to be, yeah, you would definitely, I would definitely characterize it that way. Okay. <laughs> Understood. Yeah. And, you know, I know there's a lot of veterans that deal with, I mean, yeah. you know, it's not just veterans, what people are dealing with nowadays, being yeah. in life. Oh, yeah. With all of the, especially with the pen. I love what you're doing, Dave, inside of, and Adrian, inside of this uh, topic of life after the pandemic, because it has added an accentuated, weight to what people are dealing with now yeah veterans and caregivers have something in common anytime you ask them how you doing say we're fine fine work fine (laughs) how's your family fine how's your partner fine uh what's wrong with that (laughs) you know the fine life is something that we're we come accustomed to as a culture where it just is somebody asks you how you're doing yeah fine how's your relationship it's fine (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's good. how's your diet? You know, how's your diet program? That one's got a little edge to it. Fine. Thank you. Do you know? <laughs> and we've kind of learned to settle for live with as a culture, that being the norm. And it isn't quite extraordinary for people. The best it gets people are a little uh, positive version of fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm doing super awesome. Super awesome. And it covers over what people are actually dealing with, kind of like a facade that doesn't have people actually be have any room to be authentic or real with what they're actually dealing with in life. So when, what, you know, what do you the, recommend for the fine sy- syndrome? Well, one of the things, you know, that we have 
in our uh, methodology after having coached, you know, I think it's now more than 3 million people worldwide. Um, there, you'd be amazed that this fine life that is embedded in the culture across the countries, different cultures, different groups of people, doesn't matter where we've led our programs, that's there for people. And what we are about is taking it from fine to a life of your design, where you could still be dealing with circumstances. You could still be dealing with, oh my gosh, challenges in your weight loss plan or challenges in what we're talking about here in terms of caregivers with what they're dealing with particularly or challenges in your marriage. But that doesn't have to then be defining your experience of life. It could actually be a part of your experience of life and you could have power dealing with that authentically in a way where you could still experience satisfaction and fulfillment without the residue of the circumstance. Does that make sense? Yes. Does any of this take, go ahead, Adrian. I said it does to me. Yeah. 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 Does any of this take courage? Courage. (laughs) It takes a massive amount of courage because mostly what's conventional and what's standard in our culture is a fine life. It takes courage to say, you know what? Let me tell you how it actually is in my marriage. It takes courage to say, let me actually share with you vulnerably about what I'm actually experiencing in this challenge I'm dealing with, with my mother or in my, with my children. It it takes courage for people to actually get the truth told. And it's one of the most liberating things that could happen for human beings, but everything in society goes against that grain. And people, unfortunately, you know, don't actually act with that kind of courage. And then they miss out on the opportunity of what's available on the other side of it. Wow. So how do you get them to take that leap and to be courageous? Because, you know, it's like standing on the high dive board and you're looking down and you want to dive. You saw your friends all dive, but you just can't, you know, somebody almost has to push you. Yeah, it is like that. Jump. Yeah. And it's, it's, we all know, we all know Nike says, just do it. You know, everybody's read these books on, you know, the nurse practitioners have done these research studies now with people in hospice that they've written books on. And the number one regret people have before they die is I wish I'd had the courage to live the life I wanted to live rather than the one I thought was expected of me. That's right. And we all have, we know that's how that ends up. Yeah. And there's no greater pain than the pain of regret. That's right. Yet people don't act. So what we deal with and what we've dealt with in coaching the now more than 3 million people participated um, is what it takes for people to access their blind spot that has them not acting when they know what there is to do is act. So I want to get the courage up to say authentically what I'm dealing with, with my best friend, but everything in me says that's not okay. Like, nope, I can't do that, but I really want to do it. But see, it's wanting to do it, even having the knowledge, having read a book on like how to not procrastinate and just do it. Notice it doesn't make a difference. We're still not getting into action. So there must be something else. <laughs> and with the, what our work methodology really deals with is what's in the background that's giving the foreground what's in the background that's shot like 
you know, kind of like the context that's giving people their current set of actions and experience of being in life. We call them your blind spots. It's like what you can't see and you can't even see, you can't see. Yep. And that's a big one for people because if you've done everything you know to do, you've read the books, you've gotten the information, you've listened to podcasts, you've gone on YouTube, you've gone on Google, and it's still not working. What most people relate that to is I must just be undisciplined or it might just not be in the cards for me. Well, I say maybe it's another, it's something else that they can't see that's hidden from your view. The seeing of which leaves them free. I think it's fear. <laughs> it's a big one for people. And, and not necessarily the fear, Adrian, because that's common sense. That's what stops people in life is fear from risking ourselves. But see, then fear is fear. But what is your relationship to it that has you not be able to act in the face of it? Because that's courage. Acting in the face of fear. Right. So, you know, there's a little bit there. And Dave, you know, and Adrian, you know, one of the things that we deal with in the forum is a very basic principle of what's called distinctions, where we're able to shed light where people don't normally look. And one of those is in dealing powerfully with breakdowns in life. And I don't mean breakdowns in a pejorative sense. I mean, you're committed to something. And you're not acting consistent with that. That's a breakdown. Like it's a thwarted intention. It's something that's not getting fulfilled on that you're committed to. You want to run a marathon and then you don't do the training. That's a breakdown. (laughs) Or you want a great marriage, but you're arguing. That's a breakdown. And people get very disempowered with what's called breakdowns. And in particular, like here we are talking about in your audience is very much the caregiver's and what they're challenged by inside of that, yeah? Yeah. And in fact, um, I like the way you talk about uh, being generous to yourself because caregivers are very generous people. They give and give and give. They give of their time. They, <laughs> they give the shirt off their back uh, until there's nothing left to give, and then they drop. Yeah. So the concept <clears throat> of being generous to yourself is kind of foreign to them. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So one of the aspects, like you just said about being generous with yourself, one of the biggest things we find people deal with across the board, not just your audience, but across the board is we're our own worst critic. And nobody else needs to tell us, although we usually have plenty of people in our lives telling us what we're doing wrong, (laughs) but we are our own worst critic. We don't need anybody else to tell us. We're already beating ourselves up, punishing us, you know, talking ourselves negatively about whatever it is we think we're supposed to be doing better. And then people get into a swirl and a mess in that world. And there's no power there. If if you're not sure if you're one of those people, take 10 photographs of them and they won't like any of them. That's right. My wife's like that. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's very good, actually, that analogy, because it is that way. We are our own worst critic. And when I talk about being generous with yourself, Well, what I mean is the compassion to have for yourself, what it is you're actually committed to that's getting thwarted. So, you know, how I talked about that breakdowns earlier. See, most people's relationship to breakdowns is there's something wrong. And there's something wrong with me that that's happening, that I just cheated on my diet. There's something wrong with that person that this is happening in our marriage. 
there's something wrong here with me, them, the situation. And then immediately you and I go to try and fix and change what's wrong. And we end up spinning our wheels, getting completely disempowered, beating ourselves up. And then we end up either quitting on the whole thing or not quitting. But like what we were talking about, getting burned out, just giving of yourself, martyring yourself again and again and again and again until you drop. So none of that has power. So one of the things we ask people to look at is what people don't see that's hidden from their view is that that breakdown is only a breakdown because you're committed to something. And the breakdown is actually shining the light on what the gap is between what you're committed to and where you are right now, that there's a gap to fulfilling on that commitment. And people don't have an empowering relationship to breakdowns. They are, they shouldn't be there. There's something wrong. What people don't see for themselves is those breakdowns only breakdowns because you are committed to something. If you aren't committed to a great marriage, arguing with your spouse is not a problem. <laughs> and if you aren't committed to a great, you know, physical health, cheating on your diet's not a problem. Yeah. And for your listeners, viewers, you know, if they weren't committed, loving, generous human beings, then the breakdowns they're dealing with wouldn't be problems for them. Yeah. The breakdowns is when they get burned out and then they start resenting or feeling bitter about what they're doing, regrets and all of that bad stuff. But that's not really what's in there, but that's what they're feeling. And now they feel like a hypocrite. And then they make themselves wrong for it. And then Which, they feel like victims. And then the whole thing cycles out where all of a sudden they lose the acknowledgement of who they are in the first place, that they're actually that kind of human being who'd be willing to give of themselves that way. And all they are now is dealing with like what you said, I'm a hypocrite. I shouldn't be resentful. I'm such a bad person. And everything gets lost. You've heard that saying of you lose the forest through the trees. <laughs> everything gets lost. Inside of a relationship to breakdowns that's disempowering, which is cross-cultural. Every human being has that kind of relationship to breakdowns. And it's not empowering for people. Now, let's, let's talk about what's in a lot of people's head. That's impossible. Let's talk about the possible versus the impossible. I mean, I like to believe that anything is possible. Yeah. Am I just Pollyanna? No. <laughs> No. And in fact, what we say is anything is in fact possible. Anything you're authentically willing to say and have for yourself is possible. No matter how impossible it may seem. That's right. And that, by the way, you and I like to believe that would be the case. But as human beings, don't we kind of have in the background? Really? <laughs> I mean, really? You have to believe in miracles, right? Yeah, well, I, you know, I don't take a whole lot of stock and believe, maybe faith. But the world of people being that it's possible with all the residue that people have dealt with from life, it's easy to get a little jaded. It's easy to get where all the best it gets is I'm going to be a positive thinker about my belief that it's possible. When in fact, what's actually real for people is, yeah, but not really what I want. Not really what I want. See, and what if it, what if 
there was an access to being able to actually see. I'm going to say it this way. The courage to actually get the truth told about what you're dealing with. Being willing to be generous with yourself and stop reserving the right to beat yourself up. Which I know kind of sounds a little bit harsh, but do you get where I'm pointing to with that? Yeah. Then there becomes a new kind of possibility for you actually fulfilling on a life of satisfaction, fulfillment, even joy, even in your current situation of whatever you're dealing with. And people are really dealing with things right now. See, what's actually possible is only access through people being willing to have the courage to confront and deal with their actual life authentically. What percentage of you, the people you speak with take it, embrace it, and change their lives and, and live the life that they want? Well, I can tell you, we had a, um, a Harrison, Harris Interactive did a, one of those research studies that's one of those ones where um, they're, you know, it's all impartial. We didn't have anything to do with it. But Harris sent out this survey to these graduates. And, you know, we just are celebrating our 30-year anniversary. Congratulations. And that's, yeah, thank, uh, three decades, right? So they sent this survey randomly out to graduates throughout the last three decades. What's the value that you got out of participating in the program, our flagship course, and more than 96% of the people said that they got the benefit of peace of mind, said that they got the benefit of clarity to make important decisions without doubting themselves. They got the benefit of productivity, like their ability to actually be in action, producing results versus procrastinating, an expanded level of courage, an expanded level of self-confidence and happiness, satisfaction, fulfillment. That's more than 96% of the people Very that did impressive. the forum. Now, would you agree? Because I found from experience that uh, if someone's just listening to a podcast like this one, and they're hearing what you're saying. And this is very good stuff. I mean, this could be a course in, in and of itself. Yeah. And it's the essence of what you teach. But people pay to learn this stuff, don't they? Yeah. And do you think there's a difference between people who are willing to pay to get better? Whatever it is, money, time, effort, energy, uh, courage, etc. There's a, there's a big price tag. And the people who are just nonchalantly, you know, tuning in. Oh, let me listen to this. She claims that I can uh, have what I want and they have no investment. They didn't invest. Well, they might've invested 30 minutes of their time. Uh, do you see a difference in results between someone who's fully invested all in and someone who really is afraid to become invested? Well, in terms of our programs, yeah, I would tell you about 90% of the people that do our program our flagship start out saying they're not invested. They're just doing it because so-and-so said it's a good idea. They're giving a shot. Like they're taking a shot on it. They're desperate enough. Well, I don't know about desperate enough because the people that do our programs are very successful, very, I mean, you know, conventional standards, they've made it in life, but they've trusted they trusted their friend. They trusted the person that recommended it to them enough 
that they'd be willing to give it a shot. And most people, when they get the truth told, they're jaded about what actually could be done. They've done courses, they've done programs, they've done podcasts, they've done this, that, the other thing. There's so much information. It's like overload for people. (laughs) And they're so, you know, used to not actually being able to be effective with all of it, that they just kind of give up, you know, hope, so to speak. (laughs) So most people start out that way on day one of our program. By day two, it's amazing to start to see the shift because as we get that residue from their past out of the way, all of a sudden they're starting to see what they haven't seen for a long time, like new eyes, fresh eyes from a life that they'd been kind of living with the barriers from all that caca. So now they can see that there is a, uh, we're in the realm of possibility. Yes, a new realm of possibility where what's possible actually is possible and they actually could be free of the burdens and the obligations. So, you know, I think people are committed. I think there's enough of life that's gotten in the way where it's covering over that commitment. And people want to be satisfied, fulfilled in life. They want to have their situations in life work. They don't want to be making the people in their life wrong. Nobody wants to be, you know, at war with your mother. (laughs) Nobody wants that. Nobody with their three or four years old would have said, I hope that's how my life turns out. I hope that's how it goes. I hope I'm not just divorced once. I hope I'm divorced three times. Not one person would say that's how they wanted it to go. And then life happens. And then it goes a particular direction. And it takes, that's why we were talking about earlier. It takes courage for people to be willing to risk themselves again to be willing to bring themselves forth and be authentic about what they're dealing with. And that's that first step. When you've got the courage to actually get that truth told, you can impact your life exponentially just out of that. Awesome. Wow. We have three minutes left. What would you like to say that I haven't already asked you? (laughs) You know, I think the last part um, that I think I want to offer your audience, because I, you know, God, I, um, My mom was a caregiver and her brother directly was a caregiver for my, for my grandmother who lived to be 103. Wow. And the kind of, yeah, the kind of selfless life of those two human beings for their mother. I mean, it just brings me to tears who they are for them, who they've been for my, my grandmother who passed a couple years ago and the amount of dedication, I mean, 20 over 20 years of caregiving. And, you know, I think the last thing I really want to leave your audience with is, you know, when I was talking about those breakdowns and actually seeing what's the commitment that gives that being a breakdown allows for you to get your attention back on what you're committed to versus trying to fix and solve a breakdown that's in the past that's not even happening anymore. People spend so much of their life reacting and responding to what happened from the past that they don't have their attention on their future. And if you actually get the commitment you're committed to that was thwarted by the breakdown, then all of a sudden you can get your attention back on the future of what you're committed to. If that's being loving with your partner, if that's being gracious with yourself, if that's being somebody who's in communication authentically with someone in your life, you can get your attention back on what you're committed to and fulfill that life because that's a life really worthy of your life. 
distinct from spending the rest of your life beating yourself up for why you're not perfect and why you're making people wrong and da 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 da, which is what's ordinary and normal for people. No, no, no. This path has you be fulfilling on a future worth living. You know, I've been with the organization now for 16, since I did my forum. Wait, I had developed binge eating disorder, uh, packed on about 80 pounds after the air, during the wow. Air Force. Um, I did my forum two months after the Air Force, after discharging. And I got to tell you, I, you know, the weight came off. I, you know, it, it was my whole life altered out of that. And I, one of the biggest things I got was not beating myself up over my diet plan. Cause I was a very type A personality. I was a national champion in gymnastics. I was a personal trainer. I competed in fitness figure pageants. How dare I not being able to control my eating? <laughs> and it was really, I mean, mortifying, you know, when you know what there is to do and you're still not doing it, it's mortifying. And um, in fact, I told everybody I gained the weight on purpose. <laughs> for for your next movie shoot to win a weight loss competition i told i told people that and they believed me and i was a total fraud in my life i i didn't have any courage to be able to say the way it actually was and when i did my forum it was like after that i got clean with everybody in my life i just acknowledged it oh my god i've been you know spinning stories and webs of deception <laughs> let me oh. just tell you what's actually going on with me and uh, it released the grip. And then me being that kind of generous with myself, not, you know, like not, I just, after my forum, I said, you know what, I'm not, it's not worth beating myself up over. I'm not going to destroy my quality of life because I'm not sticking to my freaking diet program. <laughs> and amazing. As soon as I stopped beating myself up over it, I never had a binge since then. Not you. one time. And the weight came off and, you know, it's like, oh my God, if that could be possible with me, I can't imagine what could be possible for other people, really. And I was one of the most jaded human beings that walked into that forum, jaded, because I'd seen real life. And, you know, it's like, I just really appreciate this opportunity with you guys, because I got so much space and compassion for what people are dealing with in those roles. We get people in the forum every weekend that are dealing with that. And what they're just, their cups are so full of everything they need to be perfect about that they're not. And then all the family dynamics and like what you think, Dave, you were talking about the infighting where people just start going after each other in the family because they're, you know, they're just in that kind of close quarters and nobody's got any breathing room and it's brutal for people. Yeah. So I'm just really, really happy that you've got this, this um, show. Because I don't know where else people really know to go when they're dealing with that. Well, thanks. We're doing our best. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you got your story in there. Your personal story, personal testimony is always Personal powerful. stories are important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it humanizes us because exactly. yeah, people say, well, yeah, look at you. You're gorgeous. You got it all together. You, you don't know what it's like. Oh, Yeah. That's exactly. And every time I lead the forum on Friday, that's what I've got to confront is they look at me as a blonde headed Barbie doll. <laughs> and, you know, that's that's not a, I don't have any problem with that, because, of course, they would have those stereotypes that are there. Um, but, you know, one of the things having dealt with what I've dealt with from my experience in the Air Force, from my experience of, you know, being a pretty high overachiever my whole life and then dealing with absolute utter disaster was. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I think it gives people an opportunity to be reached in a way they wouldn't be otherwise. 
because how many people are just up there with, you know, hey, I've got this, that, the other thing, and their lives are really well put together. But people don't have the courage to be real about what they're actually dealing with. And it's actually the very thing that sets people free. So, you know, the truth will set you free. Yeah, this has just been great. Thank you, you both. And I really appreciate it. How do people get a hold of you? They want to learn. Um, they, yeah, they can go to our website, landmarkworldwide.com. And that's where all everything about us and our programs, the organizations we've worked with, the people around the world, all of that's on there, including our flagship program called the Landmark Forum. Wow. That's amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And everybody, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time. I'm Caregiver Dave at caregiverdave.com. Got three free gifts on our website for you. Adrian Gruberg is at caregiverspace.org. And if you want to email her, it's at adrian at thecaregiverspace.org. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. We are a community of caregivers that understands and supports you wherever you are in your journey. We are a place to connect with other caregivers, but more importantly, a place to get practical, actionable help. There are lots of ways for you to get support. First of all, you can download our welcome pack. This will get you started on your Thrive journey. Next, you can ask and get answers to your questions by posting them here in our private Facebook groups. You can also get live online support by attending one of our live weekly Connect webinars. You can get practical, actionable advice by listening to our weekly podcast. You can hear and read other stories about other caregivers' experiences. Plus, add your own in our weekly Share Your Story forum, posted every Tuesday in the Facebook group. You can access essential resources and download practical Thrive Solutions Packs, all of which are geared to help you thrive as a caregiver. You can get lifetime access to all of our resources. Again, we're here to support you and help you thrive and to enjoy your life as a caregiver. And remember, this is a place to get hope, not just cope. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing. Uh. 